Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I don't know about you. Have you felt like there's attack against you at this time? And you, it's, not, it's beyond maybe the, the regular. Has anybody been attacked recently by the enemy? Okay, a number of you. Um, today, regarding the Lord of the Harvest, and this is part five in that series of Lord, the Lord of the Harvest, uh, the title today is more of a question, is all hell breaking loose? Is all hell breaking loose? And uh, the message, the mandate that the Lord Jesus has given us is that we need to go out with a message, a powerful message. And Paul writes in Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for the religious and for the intellectual. The Jews were the religious of the day. The Greeks were the intellectuals of the day. For in it, in the gospel of Christ, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let me just establish the, the power of this statement, the just shall live by faith. It is about being in right standing with God Almighty. You're in right standing, and it comes by faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that message needs to go out. When Jesus began his ministry, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to just read from Luke chapter 4, from verse 1 and 2, and then a little bit on in that chapter. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. I want you to know that if Jesus was tempted by Satan, that you and I will be tempted by Satan. There will be something coming against you to tempt you to fall. And this is something that will happen in our lives, and we should not real or, or say, hey, well, uh, I'm saved now, and this won't happen anymore. You will be tempted, just as Jesus was tempted, even full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was tempted by Satan, yet without sin. There was a dealing with it. Verse 13 the verses after verse 2, 
talk about those, that temptation, three different things and other things. It says in verse 13, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So it wasn't the last time that Satan came against Jesus, but would come against Jesus again and again and again. That's going to happen in our life. Is all hell breaking loose? There's going to be an opposition. If you are willing to be used by God, if you are willing to be used by God, the enemy will do whatever he can to stop you. Even to the point of all hell breaking loose. Hell coming against you. Demons coming against you. Even people influenced will come against you as you choose to do ministry, as you choose to, to surrender to the Lord of the harvest and say, Lord, use me, send me. Yes, I will be used by you in these last days. I want to be used by you. I want you to, I just want to read this, this passage here and, uh, uh, or continue in Luke 4 because it's interesting that immediately as Jesus began his ministry, listen to what happens. So he came to Nazareth, this is Luke 4, 16, where he had been brought up. It's where he grew up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So it was Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. That's, that's the passage. And he began to read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me, to preach the gospel to the poor. And I want you to, I just want to just stop here and just make a note. His purpose, who Jesus is, should be our purpose as well in this situation. The purpose of God the Father on Jesus Christ should be on us as well that we would fulfill. Let me read again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let it be in our lives. Let the Spirit of the Lord be upon us. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Because He has anointed us. Let the Spirit of God be upon us. Because He has anointed us to preach the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to the poor. To those that are struggling. To those that are, are dead, as I've been saying the last number of weeks, the last number of months. To those that are dead in trespasses and sins. To those who are bound and caught up, that are in darkness. They can't even see where they're going. <coughs> they don't even know. They don't even know that they are on a path, a highway to hell. A highway to destruction. 
The people that are in our lives that don't know Jesus, that don't have Jesus in their life and are following him, are going to hell, and they will be apart from the Lord for an eternity, never to come out of hell and then the lake of fire unless something happens before they die. This past Wednesday, I was speaking about the last, the last days as we are in the last days. So we speak about the last days because that's where we're at. Man, we need to be clued in. And because Jesus is coming soon, with him will come judgment. There is judgment coming. Now, I just want to say this. If you are playing games with the Lord as a believer, if you are straddling the fence, one foot in the world and one foot with God, you will not make it. You are either for the Lord or you're not. There's no in-between. And the very first judgment that will take place is when that trumpet sounds, if you're, as we are alive, and as we are alive, when that day comes, there will be a catching up of the saints. And if you've been playing games, the judgment will be immediately because you will be left behind. And you may get your life right with the Lord at that point. And you, you will be, your, your heart will be pounding and you will be trembling, recognizing what is to come. My prayer at this point is that we would be ready. Because judgment is coming. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. You say, Pastor, I, I don't need this kind of, of, of message I'm just saying to you, if I'm tickling your ears, and that's what you want to hear, someone that will tell you what you want to hear to make you feel good, it's not going to happen here. I cannot and will not tickle your ears. I want to encourage you to be right with the Lord. To not just be straddling the fence, but Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, lead me by your Holy Spirit. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit. And let me preach the gospel to those that need to hear. Our own family members. Our brother and sister. Biologically. Our relatives. Friends. Neighbors co-workers, the stranger. Lord, let me share the gospel. He has sent us. As he was sent, he is sending us. And the next number of statements here in this verse 18 and 19, I want you to hear because it is for us to do. And yes, you will realize that all hell will break loose. All hell will break loose against you as you do 
the Lord would have us do in these last days. Why? It only makes sense. Satan doesn't want it happening. Because he hates you. He hates me. And he hates all of God's creation. Even those that are unbelievers at this point. He hates them. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. There's going to be immediate opposition, even as we are sent out to heal the brokenhearted, a healing of the soul, to proclaim or preach liberty to the captives, the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ, only in Jesus Christ, freedom from bondage, a recovery of sight to the blind, an understanding, a perceiving a, a giving of purpose and of direction as our eyes are open and we are revealed. What is revealed to us are the things of God, even for our life. Let it be. Lord, let your will be done in my life. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Basically, to have victory over the enemy. I'm going to be touching a little bit more on that today. The oppression of the enemy in our lives. And the Lord is saying, I want to give you liberty. I want you to be set free and have victory over the enemy that has been plaguing you. And has been coming against you. For the last, I, over the years, I've, I've recognized this in my own life. And I look back over my, over my life and I, I realize the times that I had the greatest attacks... And once again, let me, let me just say this right now. As a believer, you don't have to be afraid. Not for a second do you have to be afraid as your faith is in Jesus Christ. I'm not afraid of the enemy. But he is going to attack. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against principalities and, uh, and rulers of, of this age and of, this dar of darkness and demons and the hordes, we are fighting against them, not against people. I know we may have arguments and issues with people. We wouldn't fight against them or recognize what's fueling, what's behind it all. So all hell breaks loose. And even as Jesus said, to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee, the year of Jubilee happened every 50 years. Every seventh year, there would be a Sabbath year, a year of rest, where they didn't even have to, if they followed it, and the Israelites didn't. The seventh year, they would not have to work because in the sixth year, as they sowed a harvest or sowed for a harvest, there would be a double portion to bring them over the next year and even into the following year until the next harvest, two, two years down the road. But in the year of Jubilee, those that were indebted to others, you know, their land they had perhaps given over, sold to somebody else because they didn't have enough. And they're just renting and they're, they're, they're having to serve. In the year of Jubilee, everything was restored back to where it needed to be. Everything was given back to the one that is indebted. What a beautiful thing. I was in the 50th year. It would happen every 50 years. 
the year of jubilee, the, the year of restoration. He says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And I like the fact he didn't say the year of jubilee, which was every 50 years, but it would be now. Now is a time for restoration within our lives. Hallelujah. Listen now, all hell breaks loose. So he closed the book. This is verse 20, Luke 4. And gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Didn't say anything else. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, as he's sitting there, and everybody's looking at him, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. There's immediately a questioning. Is this not Joseph's son? Is this... This is Joseph and Mary's son. It's interesting she didn't say Mary's son. She said Joseph's son. It was Joseph's, Joseph's step stepson, if you would. It was the son of God. Immediately... There was a doubt, we don't believe. We don't believe this word from Isaiah. That's, that's not happening through and in Jesus. And then Jesus, so their, their evaluation was, he's not the son of God. You're not God. Then Jesus, being as diplomatic as he is, Tell me how diplomatic Jesus is. He said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have done, heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, surely I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. So here the prophet Elijah, not one miracle done in Israel. They were far, Israel was far from God. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Not in Israel because they were far from God and did not believe. Didn't believe. We're not that way. We're going to trust in the Lord. Jesus, we're going to trust in you. You are the Lord of the harvest. You desire to do a work in our lives and through us. We're going to trust in the Lord. You are the son of God. You are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. You are the lamb of God that was slain for us so we could have life. Thank you, Jesus. We believe. I believe. We believe. Believe. All hell. There's opposition. 
you're not, you're not God. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of a hill on which their city was built that they might throw him down over the cliff. That was a response to a beautiful word. We reject you. We're going to kill you. The enemy was attacking immediately as Jesus began his ministry. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Couldn't touch him. His ministry was fulfilled. Our ministry needs to be fulfilled. What the Lord has called you to do, each and every one of you, don't say the Lord hasn't called you as a believer. He's called you. He has ministry for you, through you. Lord, what is it that you would have me do? So the enemy attacks, and this is nothing new. I just want to say regarding this, I'm going to be talking about a few things regarding the enemy. I, he needs to be exposed for who he is. As a believer... Can a Christian be possessed? No. Why? Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You cannot be possessed. However, can a Christian be oppressed and influenced by demons? Absolutely. I know because I'm experiencing it now. An oppression, an attack against me. I'll, I'll share just a few more things in a moment. It says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So we are set free by Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Question. He's saying you are the temple of God. And the spirit of God dwells in you as a believer. At that point where you confessed your sins and you confessed and believed on Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, and the moment that you received Christ into your life was the moment that you were born of God and the Holy Spirit entered in you and filled you. This physical body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit as your faith is and remains in Jesus Christ. So, to be oppressed and influenced by demons, even to have demons attached to you, and once again, I'll, I'll explain, okay? <clears throat> I've read this passage, and it's, it's really impacted me in the last half a year, year. This is regarding relationship. Relationship. 
if you are struggling with relationship, whether it's with spouse, children, relatives, friends, co-workers, I'm not talking about having different, differing views. Because we, we, there will be opposition to her differing views, just like it was with Jesus. But I'm talking about something that goes beyond differing views. Regarding relationship, there's issue with relationship. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... My way or the highway, my will be done. Self-seeking. Do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly of this world, sensual of our own flesh, and demonic. So the wisdom that is not from above is of this world. It is of self contrary to the wisdom that is from above, and is demonic. You can be influenced demonically when it comes to wisdom that is not from above, and it will create issue with others. So I have to be careful. We have to be careful, especially within the body of Christ. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. It's demonic. It's demonic. I had issue doctrinally in the last two, three months. And the issue was with other pastors. And not to say that I've got it all figured out, because I don't. But I'm talking pastors outside of our own denomination that have varying and differing views from where I'm at. And where we, as even not just I, but even our church and our denomination are at. Especially regarding the things of the Holy Spirit. promise of the Father or the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and not, there's being a, 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 an ignorance perhaps. Here's, here's where the enemy wanted to, to get me. What's the point? What's the point of having fellowship with somebody that doesn't quite believe what you believe? Do they believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yes. Do they believe as you believe, as, and I believe? No. So they, there's a limitation to the things of the Holy Spirit, especially Luke 4, verse 18, being for us. And Acts 1, 4 to 8. In fact, the Acts chapter 2, and Acts chapter 8, and 9, and 10, and 19. In fact, the whole book of Acts... There's a struggle with it. At that point, I could have said, you know what? I'm not going to have any fellowship with them. That's not what the Lord wanted. I like what Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14. Those that are ignorant and want to remain ignorant, 
Let them be ignorant. But I can still have a relationship with brothers and sisters that are saying, we don't believe what you believe, Dave. Or what your denomination believes. Or what such a large part of the body of Christ believes when it comes to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the enemy, I'll tell you, the enemy is, would come at that point to whisper into, your, into our mind and thinking this oppression of you cannot get along with others. In fact, separate yourself from these individuals. Now, there is a point where for those that are false teachers and false apostles, yeah, a separation which should take place. We separate that ourselves from them or approach them in the, in the vein to say, hey, do you know where you're heading? Do you know what you're teaching? See, verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness, what is of God, if I want to have the fruit of God in my life, is sown in peace by those who make peace, not impacted by demonic spirit, spirits that are creating strife and division and confusion. Something's not right here. I'll tell you, it's demonic. In Jesus' name, we cast out those demons. Listen, when there's issue, if you have issue in your family or whatever, that you are to be in agreement, let us do battle against the enemy. Let us not fight against each other, but let us do battle against the enemy. Husbands and wives, if there's, there's strife in your relationship, recognize that the battle is not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Recognize that and turn so that you are fighting against the enemy. Because we need to be together. And let there be this thing of the fruit of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. To receive peace. Have peace. Can a Christian be oppressed and influenced by demons in this area? Absolutely. Because I know it's happening at varying points in my own life. An oppression. These attacks of the enemy. Other demons that would come to oppress and influence you are lying spirits. Why do you not understand my speech? This is the Lord speaking in John 8, from verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it and so are the demons. They will come to you even as believers to lie to you. Whisper things. 
into your mind and into your thoughts. Where does, it, where does it come or where does it go? Into your mind and thoughts just for the sake of grabbing a hold. Just grab a hold of these lies. He's a liar. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. This is Paul writing in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Hey, listen, I, I shared the gospel with you and you got saved. I was there. You got saved because of my ministry. And Paul's writing a letter back to this church in Corinth. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Lying spirits. Deceiving. In our minds that are, there would be a corruption from the simplicity that is in Christ. What simplicity? The simplicity of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what saved you. That's what saved me. For if he comes, if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So here is our lies coming. Preaching a different Jesus may speak of Jesus, but it's like, no, that's not what Paul says. Wasn't, when I came to you, was there not a portraying of Jesus being crucified? And now there's a switch. No, no, no. That's not important. Jesus Christ and him crucified is not important. What's important is that you would prosper financially. Everything, you don't have any attacks or whatever. I'm not saying that we shouldn't prosper, but that is the gospel that's being preached. You won't go through any battles. In verse 12 in that same chapter, 2 Corinthians 11, but what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. Apostles. We're apostles. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. It is happening today. Know who you're listening to and that they would preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. They would not be afraid to speak of sin. They would speak the word of God. Not a distortion, not a going off tangent. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Ministers of righteousness, for goodness sake. Who are you listening to? Be careful. What are, they, what are they focused in on? What are they focused in on? Lying spirits. 
a spirit of fear, anxiety, and doubt that would lead to anxiety and doubt. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for, the God, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's, got, he's not given us a spirit of fear. So let me just share. In the last five or six months especially, there's been a spirit of fear that has been coming and oppressing me. A lying spirit. You're going to die. You got cancer and you're going to die. It's been plaguing me now for six months. Coming against me and oppressing me. Listen, I recognize we can get sick. But there's something about fear because it leads to doubt and unbelief. Lord, you're not able to take care of me. Regardless of, of what we may go through, even death will not separate us from the love of God. So we stand strong. I need to stand strong. It's amazing how when your body isn't doing or functioning the way it should, right away we, we always think the worst, don't we? I know oftentimes I do. An attack the enemy in Jesus name I bind you stinking foul lying spirit get lost in Jesus name listen don't fight the enemy alone you would confess that you would not be alone in battle a lot of times people say I don't want to tell anybody what I'm going through And so we fight alone. That's exactly what the enemy wants. We are overcome. Listen, the Lord of the harvest is way above the, the enemy and any, anything that we may face. And the enemy will attack and will desire to attack, especially as you say, Lord, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to do your will and all hell is breaking loose. You wonder why. It's because, Lord, I am determined to do your will. And just as Jesus began his ministry and, be, and, and did marvelous works, so should we. And let's not be afraid of death. Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm crucified with you daily. Death does not cause me fear. Hallelujah. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A spirit of infirmity. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, Luke 13, 10, verse 11. Listen. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. 18 years, was bent over and in no way and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Eighteen 
years. A spirit of infirmity. I recognize there are sicknesses we may have. We get sick. Call the elders, the anoint with oil, lay hands on us. They, they would pray for us, for our healing. And Mark 16 says, those that believe in Jesus' name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We need to do that. We need to do that. This past week, and our one brother just gave his life to the Lord in the last month. There was a group of you. I want to encourage that group that was right there in the middle. We went and got around our brother because he was saying, they're talking about amputating my leg. And I asked, I said, can I share this this morning? He, says, he said, yeah, go ahead, share it. The nurses and doctors, the wound nurse and the doctors are saying that legs possibly has to come off. That's what they're talking. There's green pus oozing from the leg. It smells. On Wednesday night, we prayed. There's a group there. Don, I think you were in that group. We prayed together. We laid hands. We got into a circle. Who was it? Was it Catherine? Where's Catherine? Yeah, you said, hey, come on. Let's, 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 uh, let's get into a circle. And we just put our hand around on the shoulders of the people next to us. And there was the two were on either side in this circle. And Jay was part of it. And there was a prayer. There was prayer that went up. I want, I want to say to you, the power and authority that we have in Jesus' name is way stronger than that which is of the enemy. By far. And so we prayed. And there was prayer that went up. They took off his bandages. This was yesterday. I had this call. Immediately after, Jay calls me and says, Pastor, I just want you to know, you know, that leg that was oozing and pussing? I think it was his left leg. He says, there was they took it off and there was just flaky scabs. It was all dried up. There was no pus, nothing. And there was just flaky scabs. And the, the wound nurse was surprised. And she says, this looks good. This is good. There's healing that's coming here. Hallelujah. Yes, let's praise the Lord. Some of it is sickness because of where we're at, but I'll tell you, some of it is a spirit of infirmity that is lodged and attached upon you. As a believer, you're not possessed, but there are demons Demons that are available or they can cling to us that are spirits of, of infirmity. And so they can be cast off and out in Jesus' name. They're impacting the outside. They're impacting the inside. They can be cast out in Jesus' name. That is the ministry that we have as believers. Those that believe in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. And the power of the demon... Listen, some of you might be uncomfortable with this, but I'm telling you right now, some, you, some of you may even have gone to doctors again and again and again. And the doctors don't know what's going on. And they're, they're trying to, they, they don't have any solutions, they don't have any answers. 
perhaps it is a spirit of infirmity in Jesus name I command that spirit of infirmity to be gone in Jesus name get lost it's a ministry that we have 18 years I just want to talk about a few two, two or three more and unclean spirits, Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You might say, what's an unclean spirit? That's yeah, a demon spirit. But it has to do more so in a, in a moral sense, affecting thought and life. The morality of what you think or is planted in your head and your thoughts. Unclean spirits that are, are whispering into your head and thoughts. And as you would follow, or there's a justifying of whatever it is that they're, they're suggesting, you follow through on the suggestion of this unclean spirit or spirits. Are you possessed? No. Are you oppressed? Yep. Are you being influenced? Yep. Absolutely. An influence. A demonic influence. Cast them out in Jesus' name. You know what? Sometimes it's thoughts you say, I don't want to think this. Where is this coming from? Because it's not originating from me. Because I don't want to be thinking about this stuff. And now it's, it's, it's coming to you. Once again, you're not possessed. Are you influenced? Yes. Let somebody else know. Have them pray for you. In Jesus' name, I cast out this unclean spirit that is influencing the thoughts that are plaguing my brother or my sister. Cover them with the blood of Jesus. May I just say this? If you're praying for somebody that's not a believer, or check where they are spiritually first before you pray for them. And even as they're cast out, talk to them about Jesus Christ if they're not a believer. And say, you need to allow the Lord Jesus into your life. You need to allow the Holy Spirit into your life. As Jesus comes into your life, confess your sins. Believe on Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. And allow Jesus to come into your life. Because if the temple is not filled and it's swept clean and the enemy goes and will wander around and it'll come back It'll be even worse than before. The temple needs to be filled. The temple needs to be filled with the Spirit of God. So if you are praying for somebody that is plagued by demons, and I'll tell you, especially those that are lost are plagued by and influenced by demons, even demon-possessed. Do we have authority? Absolutely. But for goodness sake, preach the gospel to them. You need to preach the gospel to them. Hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Doctrines, doctrines of demons. 
I'll tell you right now. 1 Timothy 4.1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. I want you to know, it's to the point where a person will say, I cannot be in the house of the Lord where the, the, the word of God is being preached. I have to get out. And so in 2 Timothy 4, it talks about them heaping up teachers that will tickle their ears. I will listen to those, and I want to hear, that are teaching at this point doctrines of demons, and it's happening in this day and age. It's happening now. It was happening back then in Paul's time, and it's happening now in our day, even more so, especially now, because the enemy is there to try to, to pull away. In 2 Timothy 4, it says, and I preached on this or taught on this on Wednesday night. Listen to the message. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. I, I mentioned that. I spoke on it just briefly, briefly a few moments ago. So to, the, to Timothy, the, the young pastor, Paul writes, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, and with all, with all long-suffering or patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. I'm going to find the teacher that will tell me what I believe, what I think, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, Timothy, you, pastor, be watchful. Dave, be watchful in all things. Pastor Dave, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. I need to fulfill my ministry. He's called me to be a pastor, to watch over the flock, to teach you the word of God. I'm not a great speaker. I recognize that. I've come to that conclusion years ago. There's people that, man, can they speak? Man, can they preach and teach? I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to teach the word. So I'm going to stand before God Almighty to make an account for what he's entrusted me, to make an account for you. Man, I better be doing my job because I have to make an account to the Lord for what I did with you. Let me just say this. This is Hebrews I think it's 13, verse 17. It says, obey those that rule over you. Not as some that want to lord it over you. But as those that must give an account. That they would not grieve over you. Because that would be unprofitable for you. I'll tell you right now. There are some that I grieve over. That's not profitable for you. Not because of who some great person I am. It's just as a pastor. I just know this is not, 
the, the way that this individual you might be heading is wrong and I'm grieving. I might even come and, and say, hey, listen, you, you got to sh- shift your ways. There are people, yes, that I'm grieving over. There's other people that I rejoice over. I say, thank you, Lord. I rejoice what the Lord is doing in you, in your life, who you are. Rejoice. Hallelujah. Doctrines of demons in these last days to pull you away. To get to a place of accepting and putting up with someone that preaches another Jesus that we have not preached or receiving a different spirit. It's not, it's not your spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's a demon spirit. A different spirit. You receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted and you may well put up with it. Two more, quickly, or one more, sorry, spirit of pride. The beginning of Job, I, and I've mentioned this a few times in the last year, I, I never understood Job. It's like, oh, Jesus, God, why would you allow for there to be such an attack on, on, on Job's family and on Job? He was the most righteous person on the planet. And it hit me, even as Satan is before God. Satan, have you seen my servant Job in all your wanderings to and fro? See, Satan can only be in one place at one time. He is not God. He is a created being that chose to, to have a single thought that had him fall. A thought, pride. That was Job's issue. He was the most righteous person on the planet. Job 13, verse 15. I memorized the first part of this passage. I didn't remember or memorize the second part. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. This is Job speaking. Though he slay me, I will trust in him, in God, even if God would slay me. The second part of that verse says, but yet, I want to come before the Lord, basically, and defend my ways. Defend who I am, my righteousness. So we have God, we have Job, we have Satan. In the very last or second last chapter, there's a description of the king of pride. You can read it. An entire chapter given to the description of the king of pride, Leviathan. Job 41.1, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? You think you can take on Satan? On, our, on earth there is nothing like him which is made without fear. He beholds every high thing. He is king over all the children of pride. Spirit of pride. That we would not be influenced by a spirit of pride. 
In Jesus' name, I cast everything out of pride in my life. We pray for others. I have pride. I'm not saying that if you're right to, to share it. Yeah. Stand on the word of God. You, you'll, you'll always be right, I guess. Do the word of God. You'll always be right. But not that I want to, hey, look at, look at me. Lord, that I could be humble before you. I can submit to your lordship. Let me be humble before you. I don't want to be influenced by Leviathan. I don't want to be influenced by Satan himself. The king of the children of pride. Lord, let me submit to you. Let me humble myself before you. Let me submit to your lordship in my life. In Jesus' name. Job got it right in chapter 42. God, I heard about you. The one that is the most righteous, I didn't know I was the most righteous person on the planet. By your evaluation, the most righteous person in my own righteousness. But now I see you. And I look at myself in my righteousness and I abhor myself. That's what it says. Chapter 42. I abhor myself before you because you are righteous. Our righteousness truly, as good as we can be, the best that we can be is like filthy rags before God. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need to have faith in you. And Satan would say, but you're good enough. Just keep trying harder. Or here's an area, man, you call yourself a Christian. Keep trying harder to try to make yourself clean. Lord, let my faith be in you, Jesus, and nothing else. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, man, what a simple gospel. The simplicity of the gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm crucified with you, Lord. I'll take up the cross daily. Crucified with you daily. Why does the enemy attack? Because he hates God's most precious creation, humanity. He hates human humanity. Thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Praise God. Greater is he that is in us. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you also, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The Lord wants to do a work in our lives. We will go through trials, but greater is he that is in us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. If you... Do the entirety of Jesus coming in the his flesh died on a cross. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago. And if that's not professed, if there's no mention of that, that is a spirit that is not of God. 
And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world 2,000 years ago and even now much more so. Jesus, I don't even believe in Jesus. He doesn't exist. So this world, I'm an atheist. Jesus would irritate me. I hate God. I want nothing to do with God or anybody that would follow him. I want nothing to do with him. And there's a, is, there's a hatred that is just in, becoming greater and greater in these last days. And yet God loves even those that are enemies and opposed and desires for them to come to reconciliation. We have a work to be done. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and they, the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Listen, the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. For goodness sake, you need, if you're visiting this morning, you need to find a church that preaches the word of God, is not afraid to, to preach the word of God, and get in the church, within the body of believers, for those of you that are here, the gates of hell will not prevail against, not a building. We're talking about the people of God. And I will give the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. We can bind the enemy. We can loose the captive. That they would be set free. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, my testimony. I was saved because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. I am being saved because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I will be saved because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is where my faith is. That is my testimony. And they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love, love their lives even to the death, even if it cost them their life. I'm going to hang on to that. Death will not separate me from the love of God. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, the weapons of our warfare. Let me just say this. I, I would encourage you to pray. Is it easy? No. That's why in his word, Jesus said to his disciples, just before he went to the cross, the most important event that happened ever in all of history, just before he went to the cross, what, what were the disciples doing? Huh? They were sleeping. And Jesus came to, to James and Peter and John, the, the ones that were like his closest. You guys couldn't pray for just one hour? Could you not just pray one hour? And I would say to you, that's why we our prayer time, especially during the, the week, just for an hour, short word, prayer directive, and a time of prayer. You don't, don't come every, every day because you won't be able to maintain it. But come. If you come once a week, find a day. Men, Monday nights. Women, Tuesday mornings. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
920. 9.20 to 10.20. One hour. Come. Pick a day. What works for you? Sunday morning, come an hour early. No, no prayer directive. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and begin to pray that this house would begin to be filled an hour before, at 9 o'clock, before service starts, that there's a, the, there's a whole contingent praying here. Tonight, we gather together. One of the things we're going to do is pray. Come tonight. Not here. Grace gospel. Come. Because the weapons that we are use are mighty through God. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have mighty weapons in prayer. There was about 45 of you that signed up for prayer for us. Listen. If there's been any attack, it's been this thing of taking time to get it set up. On my part, procrastination at times. Ah, you got other things to do. Other times, just blatant attack regarding prayer, prayer force, setting up prayer teams, and also a 24-7 prayer thing, this website that we have under Revive Niagara, not just for Lighthouse, uh, Lighthouse but for all of the body of Christ that we can coordinate prayer 24-7, that the will of God would be done. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Man, he wants to work something amazing in your life, and Satan hates it and will try to shut God's will from being done in your life. He'll try to shut it down. Lord, let your will be done, because you want to make me complete in every good work to do your will, working in what is in, in me what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ that he would receive all glory forever and ever in my life, in our lives. Praise the Lord. Can we stand together? If I could have the worship team come and maybe there's a song or two that you would sing. Just a few things, what's, what's happening? And Satan is upset and is attacking. I want you to pray for the service tonight. Not just pray, but come. Come tonight. Six o'clock, Grace Gospel, come tonight. Let's lift up and exalt the Lord. David's harp, I want you to pray for John Raja. Since he's begun, it has been one thing after another where the enemy's coming against him physically. Physically. Pray for John Raja. That the, the, the enemy that is attached in Jesus' name would be removed right now in Jesus' name. On May 12th, on Mother's Day, sorry, May 14th, it's a Sunday, the celebration of the goodness of God. We're doing outreach. We haven't announced it, or I had announced it just briefly. Determined to be there. And our sister that is going to be ministering, one of, is, is just, God has done a work in her heart and life. 
And I've, I've, uh, and just a beautiful singing voice. Praise God. There's been an expansion of ministry with Christian education, uh, basketball outreach, small group Bible study that's being uh, added and being put into place uh, to, to expand part of it as outreach and part of it as growth and, and new uh, Christian education. This uh, prayer force extending to 24-7, not just when we have a need or whatever, but 24-7 that we need to have in place. Uh, Revive Niagara with the gathering of, and together of ministerial chairs. We have Man Up coming up this, the end of this month, May 27th, a Saturday night. Mark it in your calendars and be there. It's going to be at Faith Factor because I don't think we're going to have enough room in this church. Men, come. Women, tell your husbands. Daughters, tell your fathers to come and be part of Man Up. Church on the Beach, starting on July 9th, it's a Sunday morning. I'm going to be preaching there this, this beginning of this summer, uh, that first Sunday. And the work that they're doing in Crystal Beach. Uh, Worship in the Wild, which is happening in, at the end of August 26th, the last Saturday of the month, which is part of Revive Niagara, which is going to be at Safari Niagara, an entire day of ministry and of worship and praise and of outreach for people to come to know the Lord. And these things I've spoken to you that in him, in Jesus Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Saith the Lord. Amen. Can we give him a, a hand this, this evening or this morning? And this morning, I want to make an invitation for those that don't know Christ. There's The Spirit of God is not within you. You know of Jesus Christ. You may even be coming to church, but that you would allow the Holy Spirit to come in as you receive Christ. And so I want to just uh, pray a, an invitation or a, a, of asking Jesus into your life. And if I could have every single person that is a believer say this prayer, and for anyone that needs to give their life to Christ or come back to Jesus Christ, if you would just say with me, Jesus, I have been apart from you. I have done my own thing. I've gone my own way. I have sinned. Forgive me. You died for me because you love me so much and you took all my sins upon yourself. I believe that you were buried and you rose again and you are seated on the right hand of the Father. All power and authority is yours. And I give you authority and all power in my life. Come into my life. Spirit, fill me. In Jesus' name, that I may fulfill your will. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer when we're finished singing. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you, that you would go out and rejoice tonight come. Apparently there's a, the parking lot. If it is full, you're allowed to park along the street. Just make sure that you're not parking uh, in areas that you're not allowed to park along the street. So you'll see signs where you can't park. And uh, 
make sure you're parked in an area that you can park if you don't have enough room in the uh, parking lot. We'll see you tonight. Let's worship him. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.